This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, hand-roasted coffee from the foothills of California's gold country. Online at carolinescoffee.com. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 131 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is a rebroadcast of an episode we did earlier this year with Kim Crandall, uh, the author of Beloved Mess. And that was actually the episode of our show. It was episode number 109, Beloved Mess. Yeah, Fletch, and I can guess why this is one of our most popular episodes of 2016. Kim is honest, she's transparent, and she knows and loves the gospel. Yeah, she just simply points us there. Uh, second time she's been on our show, mm-hmm. she has been, and she was a big hit last year as well. That's right. Uh, people love Kim Crandall. So why don't we head straight to that interview? All right, I know I talk about them every week. Caroline's Coffee at carolinescoffee.com. They are our coffee sponsor. They supply coffee to us, and you are a listener. We need you to go over to Caroline's Coffee and just use our code, which is H-I-R-L. It's HURL for you, and you'll get 10% off any order, coffee, tea, or anything out of the carolinescoffee.com store. Well, this week I'm drinking, are you ready for it? Yes. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. Maui-grown coffee. Okay. I'm not going to describe it because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's Maui coffee. And right. it just, when I drink it, I think of Maui. Okay. When I think of Maui, I think of that West Coast where the coffee is growing high up in the elevation. It doesn't matter what it tastes like. It's Maui. <laughs> I mean, it could taste like... Swamp water, it but could, it's from Maui. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you this. It doesn't taste like that cheap Seattle swill <clears> that <throat> a lot of people line up in stores to buy. For this $5. Is, yeah, yeah. Really good coffee. Trace Fike uh, and Holly Fike over at... Caroline's Coffee. We're so thankful that they support this show, and uh, we would love for you to go support them. Remember, that's the cheap and easy way to support a podcast. You yeah. get coffee or whatever you want, and you're supporting us. So head on over there and do that right now. All right, homeschooling and real life listeners, we have a treat for you today. We are sitting in our studio. And I don't know if our listeners know this, but we do most of our interviews by Skype, and we have Kim Crandall online with us, and we are going to talk to her today. Welcome, Kim, to Homeschooling in Real Life again. Hey, guys. It's good to be here. A couple things about Kim Crandall. It's a double M, Kim. That's awesome. That makes her slightly unique. And I mentioned (laughs) the Skype thing just so that I could tell. I'm interviewing her with like a... There's some sort of a hat on? Is it a... I think it's a bull. It's a bull head? (laughs) Yes. It's a bull. Yeah. So these, as in cow, yeah, these these homeschooling and real life interviews are awesome on Saturday mornings. So, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for being with us. We are um, we're bringing you back. I said again because uh, Kim, you were on episode number thirty four, which was uh, was it titled Christ in the Chaos? It was. It yeah. was, and it was about your your first book. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but quickly after that aired, that thing soared to become one of our. It was our number one for a long time. And I, I just want to let you know, you lost the throne to oh, Josh Duggar. I'm sorry. But once we said, what well, did Josh Duggar forget? Suddenly everybody wanted to know <laughs> what he forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> he should have listened to Christ in the Chaos because you know what he forgot? He forgot the gospel. So uh, yeah. that was those, those episodes kind of go hand in hand. So, so we're glad <laughs> to have you back. Well, this is going to go back up to the top, though. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. 
Well, Kim, I know what you've been up to since our last interview, but our listeners don't. And I know um, people still email us about that episode and ask about you. Um, So can you give us a little update? What's going on in your life? Oh, boy. Well, um, besides the fact that it's summer and I have four kids home and it's just absolute craziness right now, um, I think... I've just been concentrating on getting the book out, getting Beloved Mess out, um, concentrating on just really seeing, like looking at what what does God really want me to be doing with my family and, and how my vocation as a mother, um, how that plays out. Um, with being an author and a speaker and doing all the the other things that I'm doing. So um, I, I've pulled back on a few things. Um, I did get a new website up and running, and I have been blogging more than I had been before, um, just for myself. And, um, and yeah, just just plugging away, painting my bathroom and, um, <laughs> not, not a whole lot has changed. <laughs> That's why this is homeschooling in real life because we can talk about painting our bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we, and before we were doing this interview, uh, Kendra was painting a family room and I yeah. was gutting a garage with uh, two little boys, one of whom uh, we all know is just slightly brain injured. And that adds an element to every chore we do in this house. Real life people. That's yeah. what this is. Um, so she mentioned her book there. Yeah, exactly. So Beloved Mess, God's Perfect Love for Your Imperfect Life. And I, I told you right before we began this interview that I was reading the back and something stood out to me. And that was this idea that we all try to make it look like we have everything together. I think a lot of us fall into that trap. So I, I say all of us. Probably there are people who don't care. <laughs> but I think a lot of <laughs> Christian women in particular um, feel this real pressure to um, to look like the family's happy, the marriage is godly, the you know the parenting is is biblical, all of those things. And and so let's talk about that trap and what that looks like. Yeah, I I, I think that um, a lot of that comes from our misunderstanding of who we are. Um, and what our identity is. I, I think it's a, we tend to look at the Bible and we see this set of rules laid out for us. You must do this, you must do that. And and we do our best to follow the law because we think that, you know, that's pleasing to God and it looks good to others. Um, forgetting that we're loved just as we are. Um, one of my favorite sayings is from Brennan Manning. He's he was known to say over and over, um, we're loved just as we are, not as we should be, because nobody's as they should be. And I think there's this sense that nobody wants anyone else to see who they really are, because there's this insecurity of, am I good enough? Um, and it's, it, you know, that that flows over into our relationship with God as well. And that's where in the book I, I talk about the... Uh, the whole idea of having an imposter, how we've created an imposter for ourselves. Um, because each one of us does it. We, we all put on some kind of mask, some kind of outward appearance to, to make others think that we really have it together or even to prove to ourselves that we're not as bad as we think we are. Mm. Um, when, you know, 
in actuality, we we're much worse than we actually think we are. But the good news is that we're loved way more than, than we can possibly imagine. You know, I want to jump in and we didn't put this on the script of questions, Ken. So I'm going to jump in. Go for it. Um, you talked a little bit about identity there and <laughs> I see almost a trilemma when we talk about identity, because you said we don't want people to know us as we really are. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's who we think we are. Okay. And then there's as Christians who we really are, which is our identities totally wrapped up in Christ. But then there's the, who we really are, which a lot of times can be an ass. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we can really be crappy people in the world. And I, there's like a trilemma. There's those three identities and um, I, I think where you're going with this is be secure in who you are. You know, you're a believer. And, um, you know, don't be afraid of who you are, <laughs> who you think you are. Uh, and let's work on who we actually are, which could be real jerks sometimes, you know, in the yeah, world. And exactly. that's that sanctification process. Uh, but it starts with just going, hey, I trust that I'm a child of God. You know, when, I, when I'm talking with you right now and, and spending time with you, no, Kim, I'm Fletch. I'm a child of God. I mean, I should know that in my core, that God loves me and I'm secure in that. Um, but if I'm being a jerk, that's where you and I can say, hey, you know, you're being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I always love to say, you know, just just be yourself unless you're a jerk. Then, <laughs> yeah. then change. <laughs> yeah. And I love Brendan Manning. Um, yeah. I, and I didn't fall in love with him because of the ragamuffin, which a lot of people did. Uh, I fell in love with him because of a book called The Lion and the Lamb. And it's that relentless tenderness of Jesus. Tenderness. Yeah. That's my favorite book of his actually. Oh, that's great. Um, That's my favorite book of his. So. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of Brennan Manning reading leading up to the writing of this book. And it was actually Abba's child that um, really made me want to write this. Um, You know, he talks over and over again about the belovedness of God and, and he talks he talks about um, the imposter in there in a little different way than I do. Um, but I, I wanted to flesh that out and really, cause I needed it for myself and, you know, that's kind of everything I write and speak and do. It's kind of, I need it for myself and you guys get to listen. <laughs> uh, okay. Because we all need to hear the same message of the gospel every day. Fletch is over there smiling at me because, you know, it's been a really hard month in my life and I've sat here being a mess for a long time. And as you guys were talking about this, I kept thinking, you know, um, even though my words have been rebellious toward God and my heart's been really stinky rebellious toward God and I've been angry with him and I feel like he's slighted me, all all underpinning with that is knowing, hey, you know what, you're such a stinky jerk of a mess, but God is really loving you, Kendra, and that's not going away. And I think if if nothing else, when we're struggling with our faith, when we're struggling with our um, choices, when we're struggling with uh, homeschooling, you know, or parenting or marriages or jobs or any of that kind of stuff, to understand that he really does love me and um, that I can't deny that. Uh, and so, you yeah. Know. And isn't that such freedom? Um we just have this freedom knowing, okay, I've, I've really messed it up or I'm really struggling. It just, it gives us the freedom to struggle. It does. It gives us the freedom to not be afraid of God in our pain and in our hurt. Um, because we're not doing, we're not suffering well, 
you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. who, who suffers well, you know what I mean? That's, that's, it's suffering. And, and so it really does give us a freedom to just know that, that we're still held tight. No matter how hard we try to push away, he's not going to let go. And it's not up to us to hold on to him. He's holding on to us. Yes. And on the other end of that, whatever the circumstance is, even if it's my own sin that's causing um, the division between God and me, it it's bridged by Jesus in spite of me. Exactly. Like I'm over here throwing my little tantrum and Jesus is, you know, God seeing Jesus. <laughs> so that there is right. beautiful hope yep. in that for me right now in the midst of it, knowing that I'm going, I'm going to come through on the other side of this and God is still going to have held on to me by my ankles, <laughs> you know, as I'm trying to jump over that cliff. Exactly. All right. Well, I hate exactly. to intervene on a, a wonderful girl conversation here there for a second, but um, <laughs> we're going to need to take a quick break uh, in this interview and we'll be right back. Hey, as we're taking a break here on this interview, we want to remind you that we do not do this alone. We are part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and that's a network of homeschool podcasters kind of all over the spectrum, talking about money, talking about uh, how to homeschool better. Uh, and the one we want to spotlight today is the Homeschool High School Podcast. This is with Vicki Tillman and Sabrina Justison. And you know what I love about how they describe themselves, Kenj? I know. They are the talkie two of the six sisters <laughs> over at sevensistershomeschool.com. You know, it's called sevensistershomeschool.com. It's run by six women. And they want you to be the seventh sister to join them on that website. But these guys talk about tips to build your confidence in educating your adolescence, ways to create a powerful transcript for your teen, and then just steps to guide your teen into life and college prep. Uh, it's a great homeschool podcast uh, for those that have high school students. And Kenj knows those are tricky years. Those are, but you can gain some confidence and some real hands-on information from the Homeschool High School podcast with Vicki and Sabrina. Head on over and tell them Fletch and Kendra sent you. You got the best of both worlds. All right, and we're back, and uh, we are super excited to have uh, Kim Crandall here with us. We're talking about... Uh, her new book, uh, Beloved Mess, and we have just been talking a little bit about tantrums and when we throw a tantrum with God. Now, uh, I want to say just something quickly before we get back into the book, and that's we don't do this well in the church. We don't do this well as, you know, this is a homeschooling podcast, but I'll broaden this net out and say the Christian church right now does not allow space for people to question. Um, and that's people coming in sometimes, you know, uh, from whatever background, you know, they're just coming into the church trying to figure things out. And and we just like things to be neat and clean and tidy, I think, as Christians. We were talking to someone last night about this, and we like to check off boxes. But when, when one of our own decides to question or kind of turn back to God and say, what are you doing? As a church, we don't allow that to happen very well because we don't think that should be a part of sanctification. You should only be moving up. You should only be moving forward and deeper and more faithful. Right, Kench? Absolutely. And I think we tend, of course, because we're judgmental jerks, <laughs> we tend to look at people <laughs> who are struggling or questioning or frustrated or angry um, as lesser spiritually. Well, they're not as spiritually mature. And I don't know that that's necessarily the truth. What do you think, Kim? Well, um, I actually wrote a chapter called Doubt is Not a Dirty Word um, because I think many times... 
we're made to feel like if we doubt or if we're a mess and we don't have it all together, that somehow contagious. And there's not like Fletcher was saying, there's not a lot of room for doubt in the church. And, and doubt is actually a big part of our faith. Um, I have this quote by Justin Holcomb. He's actually quoting someone else, but I'll include, you know, he adds a little in there. He says, we should be unafraid to doubt. There is no believing without some doubting. And believing is all the more robust for having experienced its doubts. Khalil Gibran put it beautifully. Doubt is a pain too lonely to know that faith is his twin brother. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Ooh. I like it a lot. If, If doubts are not the opposite of faith, we can be a bit more open and honest about them with ourselves, others, and God. I think people hear you, they hear you doubt and they freak out and run. They, and, and you know, it's like immediately you're, you just get bombarded with scripture of why you shouldn't doubt that and why you shouldn't. And, and most of us already know, and we're already beating ourselves up over it. Um, and, and, you know, we're just hit with the law of you've got to believe you've got to, and, instead of being embraced in our struggle and it's a very lonely struggle doubt is a very lonely thing um um and instead of applying the gospel to that to say yes you doubt you know but god's right there holding on to you and proving every day whether you see it or not that he is your savior it's not based on your emotions or what you're thinking right now it's based on the truth of what um, Christ has done for you. Hey, by the way, that is uh, Homeschool in Real Life's very own Justin Holcomb. Oh, that's right. They, he was a guest on here as well. So yeah. that was, oh, cool, was he? another okay. great quote. But man, uh, that whole idea, I, I as an elder in a, a church here in town, um, we talk a lot about giving space for people to figure mm-hmm. it out. And even people that should have it figured out or who traditionally evangelicals will say, you should have this all sewn up. You know, you should be yeah. teaching others. Like, no, I'm really fighting because I think as we grow in our faith, things that we weren't ready for that we didn't have to deal with maybe in the past, um, suddenly you have to deal with and go, well, I've never had to deal with the death of a child. I've never had yeah. to deal with uh, a, a, a son or a daughter who has chosen a homosexual lifestyle. These are things I haven't had to deal with yet. And now that I'm having to deal with them, oh, man, my, my faith is just stretched. So I can't, I'm, that's the chapter I'm going to start with. Is that okay? Can I just jump to that chapter? Yeah, it's because um, I, I, I really, you know, all of this is written from my own life. And I really, I do struggle with that. And I'm not afraid to admit it anymore. But before, I really thought that um, there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Because nobody talks about doubt. Unless it's in a, you know caged in a way of, okay, well, you doubt, but here's what you got to do to not be a doubter. And, um, yeah. So sometimes we just have to wait it out. That idea of prescription, you know, like throwing verses at each other or throwing the law at each other, you know, Mm -hmm. what's the, what's the proper response when we're, when we're stuck? I mean, do we get to just be stuck there? Is it okay to just be like, well, I'm a beloved mess, deal with it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of, why I wrote this book because I started thinking about, okay, there's a lot of books right now that are, are just telling people it's okay to be messy. Just embrace it. 
you know, be a hot mess and, and just really embrace that about yourself and because that's life and it's okay to be imperfect. And as long as you're trying, uh, God's happy with you. And, you know, there's something fundamentally wrong with that statement because we know deep down inside, I mean, the law is written on our heart. God has said, be perfect as I am perfect. You know, they, you, we, we've got that part. And we, so we know that um, to tell someone that it's okay to not be perfect, we buck up against that. Like it might give us freedom in the moment, but, um, but it doesn't last because we just turn right back around and start in on our self, self-salvation projects of wanting to do right. And we say, but what about my kids? And what about this? And what about that? And so, you know, you have that side. And then you have the other side where you've got books that are just telling you they're just how-to books. They're, they're um, you know, Christian self-help and they're just telling you all the ways that you can be a better mom or dad or, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you fast from social media, then you'll be closer to God. And, and so I wanted to write something that said, why is it okay to be not perfect? Why is it okay to be a mess? And it's okay because... Christ, we have Christ who is our righteousness, who has come and lived perfectly on our behalf so that we no longer have to. And what that does to us to live in that, um, in the light of that love for us, that causes us to want to go and move forward. It frees us to move forward and not be paralyzed with the fear um, of not doing it right. It causes us to go and imperfectly serve imperfect people. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's not just, it's not just a book about just accepting your messiness. It's, it's about why, why we are a mess in the first place, because we can't live up to God's standards, not one of us. Um, and how we're able to move forward from there because of Christ's righteousness. That's now ours. Yeah, a couple things on that. I I know we're going to have listeners that hear that and they go, man, we've heard that before from Fletch and Kendra. And those are words of life. That's words of life. You're you're Mm -hmm. just giving someone life. But they're going to go back, a lot of our listeners, to a rigid environment in a church that Mm -hmm. doesn't preach the gospel into their lives, like I think daily, or like you know daily. Kim, I need to be woken up every morning and reminded of that. I need someone to tell oh, me, yeah. tell me again tomorrow. I need Kendra to say, Hey, you're not living in the gospel, pal. You're still, you went back to rules and religion again, and you're trying to work this out yourself. Um, so I just want to just encourage our listeners that if you're hearing this and it's, it's beating, you know, the drum in your heart that, that you agree with this, you need to surround yourself with people that also <laughs> will encourage you that way. And sometimes that might mean a, a church change. You know, we talked to a listener yeah. this week that she's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do yeah. this religion anymore. It's too much. And I'd say, you know, in fact, it's probably law, but just rigidity. Cause yeah. I don't think these churches are saying do this and you'll be saved. I mean, I don't think they're true legalists. I think they're just saying you're saved now do a bunch of this stuff to stay saved. You know? Yeah. It's all Jesus. And I mean, it's, it, there's a, there's a fear that if you just tell people that they're loved and that, um, you just, you know, that you share the gospel with them and then don't tell them what to do. There's a fear that they're just going to go off and go hog wild. Sure. But 
you know, if you find a good church that's preaching both the law and the gospel, you know, when, when you come in and you say, this is God's law, this is what the Bible calls you to do, this is, you know, these are the rules, this is how it's laid out, this gives you a better life, but you're going to screw it all up, and here's Jesus, um, mm. that's what we need to be hearing constantly. It's not that we throw out the law and, and that there is no sense of, um, of a guideline for us. It's that we realize that we cannot reach that standard that God has set out for us. And there's a reason he did that purposefully so that we would fall on our knees and beg for Jesus and beg for a savior. And that's why, that's why he sent him. If we could do it, then we wouldn't need him. I mean, if, if, if we could, you know, fulfill the law, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. Yeah. And a lot in the church today is what, what's happening is that the people may not think that they're preaching the law, but what they're doing is they're, they're pulling the standard down to make it more attainable. And that's not helpful to anybody because it, it pulls them away from Christ what we want to do is drive people to Christ and we need to surround ourselves with friends and pastors and churchgoers who will do that for us. And if you can't do that, like if you're in a place right now that you know, and you're, you're going to go and you're going to hear the law at your homeschool group or at your church that you're in, and you're maybe in a transition, take that law and look at it and let that just run to Christ with it. Just, you know, you, you hear a 10 step sermon, on how to be a better parent and just look at it, say, I'm failing at all of these. I need Jesus. And it's a good way to get through some of the transition time or some of the struggles that people may be having. And that is the best suggestion I've heard in a long time, Kim. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really hard to do though. (laughs) It is. It's very hard. All right. So before we wrap up this interview, Kim, uh, we are, you know, we're, we're a homeschool audience. Uh, we have a lot of homeschool families that listen. Uh, and I'm proud to say we both have homeschool moms and dads listening now and they love to chime in, but they're in the middle of their summer between school years. And let's just pretend they have nothing on their reading stand right now. Uh, this is your pitch. Why should a hurler, uh, go to Amazon and grab this book right now and start reading it this week? Um, this book, my hopes is that this book will give you freedom and rest and who needs freedom and rest more than homeschool parents. It's a, it's only 160 pages, short chapters, easy to read when you're sitting by the pool, um, when you're, you know, at the beach, hopefully that you can, you can just sit down and kind of breeze through it and what it will leave you with is a better understanding of God's love for you. And it will leave you with freedom um, to live in a sense of just knowing that you're loved, knowing what God's done for you, and a better understanding of grace. And I guess that's it. Thanks, Kim. Uh, Again, we are so, so glad you joined us. Um, These are just words of life and freedom. And I think no matter where we are on the journey, we just all desperately need that hope, that freedom, that grace, and we just need Jesus. Yeah. 
So if our listeners want to find you, Kim, where can they find you online? I'm at Twitter at Kim Crandall, with Kim with two M's, and Facebook, Kim Crandall, Instagram, Kim Crandall. It's pretty easy. And I'm also at KimCrandall.com. And no chance that they're going to get a cow hat picture on any of those, because that really is what they need. We need more of that. You know, we need I, more cow hat. We might... <laughs> <laughs> there may be a cow hat selfie. <laughs> well, hey, Kim, thanks for being with us, and uh, we look forward to having you back on Homeschooling in Real Life. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, what a beautiful mess this is. All right, we hope you have been enjoying these rebroadcasts from the 2016 season. We are gearing up to come back with a huge season for you. Uh, In the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, the easiest way is to go to our website, homeschoolingirl.com. All of the information is there. And again, we want to thank you for being loyal listeners and listening with us uh, through this off-season. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.